This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today's episode is about the power of intention. And maybe even the law of attraction. Today I want to share with you some of the things that I found in an old journal. It's from the better part of three years ago. So if you've been a long-time listener to the show, you may have heard about how Muse came into my life. If not, I'm going to catch you up right now, so don't feel badly. I don't expect you've listened to all this content that I put out every day because I would have to guess you have a bunch of other stuff to do that's way more important than listening to me every day. But I was introduced to Muse by a good friend of mine named Greg Anderson. Greg and his girlfriend at the time, myself, a good friend of mine here at the time, Matt Wentworth, and a girl he was dating at the time, vacationed to Venice Beach, California with now my wife, who was then my girlfriend, Lindsay. We had rented a house on the ocean, right, right on the beach, and had never really been to Venice in that capacity before. One thing leads to another, and I see Greg getting up in the morning and putting this device across his head that goes behind his ears. Like, man, what is that? I got. I, what are you? What are you doing? Right, I'm a gadget guy. Like, what's that gadget? What's that gizmo? And he shares with me it's called a Muse. And the Muse ends up being this brain-sensing meditation device that helps track and monitor the variables and get you into more of a, you know, a state of connect connectivity. With a higher power, the source, God, left and right brain alignment, whatever you want to classify it as. It does all those things. And so we're there and I'm asking him just more and more questions about this. And he shares it with me, right? And I end up ordering one literally while I was still there, anxiously waiting for it to get home. Oddly enough, this episode is not about the muse, but it is about that trip. You see, that time in my life, I was searching for something greater. I just didn't know what greater was. I knew the way that I was feeling and what I was doing wasn't ultimately my soul's alignment. It wasn't my purpose. I was selling suits then. And there's nothing wrong with selling suits. I had a phenomenal time doing it. I met some truly incredible people. So I know it had to happen in order for me, from, in order for me to progress to the man I am today. I had to do that. But the trip out to Venice Beach was not only for vacation, but admittedly it was because I had clients in L.A. And I thought I could condense everything down and drag everything together, and that would be the way that I could, quote unquote, take some time out with my family to do something. I share all that because in that time, I ended up selling Greg some suits and some shirts, and it's, it's, those memories are flowing through me right now as I'm sharing this real time, right? That was not in this journal. But I knew I wasn't in alignment with where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do because I was missing out on things like vacationing to drive to Temecula and to L.A. and all over the place to simply try to hustle and make a dollar. And I remember sitting with Greg outside on this two-tiered deck. Matt was there as well. And discussing what he had been up to. 
See, at that point, Greg had started something that he called Awaken the King. And Awaken the King was a men's group that helped empower individuals, specifically men, to find and embody the best version of their lives. You see, it wasn't until many years later I realized that Greg had also been one of the earlier participants in Garrett J. White's Wake Up Warrior. I had no idea. I knew nothing about Wake Up Warrior. I'd never heard of Garrett J. White. I didn't know anything it was that was created there. And so Greg's sharing with me what this Awaken the King ends up being. And says, look, there's, I'm only going to have one more event and then I'm going to pivot. Right? It's not, a, it's not in true alignment with me. I want to go do something else. And he's sharing with me all the variables that are this thing that he's built. Right? The different things that he would call evolutions, the different ideas that he had, what he had executed in two or three other sessions. And I was enthralled, right? beyond fascinated about what this was. And so throughout our time together, I don't remember if it was three days, four days, five days. It doesn't really matter the time period. What does matter is we were together in an intimate setting for a period of days. And this conversation I had with Greg was right after the Muse device because I asked where that even came from. He started talking to me about the power of meditation and journaling and setting intentions and all these crazy things that I had no idea existed. And as our time continued together in Venice Beach, as Greg had shared with me that he was going to take a different direction in his life, I shared with him, like, how can I take over what you've built? How could I create something that's comparable to what you have? Could I just take the company over from you and move it from Salt Lake City to Columbus, Ohio? You see, Greg's an incredible friend and a great guy. And at that point, he was working behind the scenes with a guy named Sean Whalen. Behind the scenes, he was helping with systems, automation, billing. And there was a conflict of interest between what Sean was doing and what Greg was doing. So Greg was shutting this down and was interested in potentially allowing me to use a name and imagery. So at some point during that trip, at some point during that journey, at some point maybe two or three days after, at some point when I get home, I sit down and grab a journal. At this point in my life, I was not actively journaling. This was not a daily habit of mine. There's not a ritual that I instilled upon myself to do on a daily basis with ruthless commitment. This was simply something that I felt compelled to do in the moment. And in this journal, I write down step by step, moment by moment, variable by variable, how I would construct an event in Columbus, Ohio, that could make a positive impact in people's lives. Once I had written this out over the period of two or three days, right, because there were multiple iterations, there's multiple ideas that came up, I went as far as to go out and map it all out. I wrote down the time it took to drive from point A to point B. I spoke to gym owners. I found different locations. I planned out different meals. And I had created this whole idea of what could be from a sheet of paper. But more importantly, from a conversation I had with Greg. 
You see, at that point, Matt and I had discussed becoming partners in it. This would be a great thing for us to do together because I had the bullshit story I was telling myself like, Matt, you're, you're meant to be in front. You should be the face of this. I don't ever want to be out in the front. You know why I didn't want to be out in the front? Because I wasn't able to tell the fucking truth. And I was petrified if I was out in the front that I'd be called a fraud, a liar, a phony. The people would know about my infidelities, the failed businesses, the truck repossessions. I was petrified to be called out for the man that I had been. And so I shared with Matt, I wanted to be behind the scenes when the facts of life are what was journaled in this journal is I want to lead. I didn't want to be behind the scenes. I just had no idea how to step up and be the man I was supposed to be. And so I go through all these variations and all these iterations of what could be. Have multiple meetings with Matt. I share with him every piece of the variable that I had created. Together, we're finally getting excited about the opportunity to potentially build something together. Greg then, so generously, offers us the opportunity to come out to his event. Offers us a discounted price point between Matt and myself. So Matt ends up going out in a beautiful capacity. Why wouldn't he go out? You see, at that point, and who knows if he is now or not, but at that point specifically, Matt was producing at a much higher level than I was ever capable of producing in those moments. When Greg told us the costs associated with the trip and the discount he was willing to give us, I was too cowardly and too chicken shit to say, I don't have the money. I created some excuse, some excuse, some series of lies, some sort of fallacy that was built around the fact of I had to go out and sell clothing and I had appointments so I couldn't come to the event. The harsh reality of what happened was I was insecure. I was failing and floundering. I had no systems and processes in my life. I had a very poor self-image. I was convinced I was never going to be good enough, and the only reason people would be around me because of the wealth or money that they thought that I had. And so, of course, I couldn't share with Greg, who I'd known for years and years and years, who had seen me at some of my most successful times, that I was basically broke. And so I run this fallacy that I'm going to be able to make it all the way up until two or three days before the event because, of course, I don't like to have conflict conversations and I don't understand shadow integration or the power of harnessing my dark, so I just run from the shit like it's not going to exist. As the flight time up approaches, I have to finally tell Matt, man, I can't come. I got some business stuff I got to do. And I bail out like the coward that I was in the 23rd hour. If you think somehow, by any stretch of the imagination, that this journey that I've been on is a peaceful one that's free of any sort of fallout and fodder, you'd be mistaken. You see, I'd have to assume that somehow inherently in his soul, Matt knew that I was struggling, but that wasn't something that I shared with a friend. Because why would I? 
it would mean that I was less than. And none of us men like to be less than. So Matt goes to the experience and comes back and shares all the power and all the beauty that it was. And internally, I'm jealous. But I can't tell him that. I have to make up some sort of story about how successful I was during his absence. Or really, during my absence from the event. And so I share, and he shares, and we remap out what it is to come. Greg then eventually sends me a hard drive that has the entire training documented. I still have the hard drive somewhere in my home office. Sheepishly, I must admit, I have never watched it. Not one time. You see, he sent it to me in anticipation of me taking over this brand. But something felt off to me. And it wasn't Greg and it wasn't Matt. What felt off to me was me. You see, I hadn't walked through the fires that I was encouraging other men to walk through. I hadn't owned the trials and tribulations of my life like I was encouraging or supposed to encourage others to do. At a soul's level, I probably knew that, but it was almost impossible for me to articulate. So much like everything else in my life, I just swept it under the rug and acted like it didn't exist. Matt and I had a series of conversations over the next few days, maybe a few weeks, could have even been a few months, about how we were going to structure and grow what this could be. I'm certain at this point, in hindsight, I probably bought domains and discussed websites that were being built and all the great stuff that I knew I wasn't actually doing. I wasn't doing it, not because of Matt. He was certainly capable of being on the front side of the event. I wasn't doing it because of me. And so all of this happens to be written and documented in a series of posts inside of a journal way before I even knew what journaling was. And I share that because I would love to say that I consistently looked at this journal and was trying to bring it into my present day life, but I wasn't. You see, I felt a soul's pooling to what Greg had began to create while we were in Venice Beach. I wanted it for me. But I wasn't ready to be that version of myself yet that would allow me to make the impact that I wanted to make for the reasons that I wanted to make them. Admittedly, I fully looked at that as a way to become notable and to make a bunch of money. It's from that very sense as to why, inevitably, I never took a step forward towards that. Because in my humble opinion, that's everything that's wrong with this space that I happen to play in. I believe now that money is a byproduct of energy and the energy that I pour into someone should directly be related to the amount of money that I make. But you don't hear me discussing income very often because to me it's not really that relevant. 
the units of measurement that matter most are impact. And from having spent those next two and a half to three years developing my own life by design, working through the trials and tribulations and balls of yarn that I had consuming my subconscious based off the fact of never dealing with the trauma from my past, it allowed me to create the most incredible thing here in Columbus over the past weekend. <clears throat> and it wasn't until right before this event that I realized that I had all these notes. Not on a conscious level. You see, I was rifling through the office, making sure my home office making sure I didn't forget anything at home Wednesday before leaving the house to not to return until Sunday afternoon. As I'm digging through the office, making sure that nothing had fallen underneath a desk or underneath a bookshelf or anywhere obscure that I could potentially forget it, I find the journal tucked away. Well, I'm curious because I haven't seen this journal forever, so I open it up and what do I see on the first page? An itemization of an event that I had constructed three years ago. Now, I would love to tell you through serendipitous natures or divine intervention that what us men experienced in the past four or five days was directly itemized in the exact order of what I had written down. But that would be a lie. You see, my concept of reality and my ability to process things at a different capacity has changed since three years ago. I have a much deeper understanding of what it takes to create containers to elicit massive change in people's lives. And so while the ideas were comparable, the overall structure and layout was different. You see, I had forgotten all about the fact that I had planned all this out three years ago. I'd forgotten about the conversations with Greg. I had neglected to recall putting Matt to the front and not wanting to own who I was. I had completely eliminated from my memory that I stood these men up a day or two before I was supposed to quote-unquote fly out. But all this comes rushing back as I'm flipping through this journal. And all these things make this event so much more impactful for me. It makes it more impactful because as I shared, I'm standing in front of these men fighting back tears at the end of our time together, not based off of feeling like I'm King Kong, like I can conquer the world, but being overcome with gratitude and love for these men for helping me embody the vision that I had three years earlier. And from embodying that vision, seeing that I made an impact in 12 people's lives that they will never forget what we experienced together. There's no way to fully express how that chain of events had to come into order to make me feel the way that I get to currently feel in this moment. I shared it yesterday and I'll share it again today and who knows when I'll stop sharing it. I want to have one of these every other month. There was no more fulfilling thing for me in the world than sitting across from these men at the end of our four days together having them tell me one by one how their life and what they thought was possible had completely changed in our time together. There's nothing like that. 
There's nothing like the follow-up that happens after the event because I committed to 30 days of time with these individuals and the event's only four days. So there's 21 days of leading up and there's five days of post-training. There's nothing like hearing them all quote-unquote reintegrate into normal society, but getting the feedback from them on a daily basis of how their life is truly unrecognizable to who it was before they left. And how their coworkers don't understand how they're showing up so big and their wives don't understand how they're showing up so tall and their kids don't understand how they're pouring in so much love. It's incredible. Like that's what this is all about. If you've listened to this show and you've gotten anything from this show, if you've taken away one or two pearls of wisdom, if you're considering a life that is different than you have now, I would truly be honored to get to play a role in helping you become the version of you that you always wanted to be. You see, one of the differences of coming to this event, as these 12 men can attest, I don't want you to be another version of me. I don't need a loyal tribe of people that say I'm the greatest thing on the earth. I don't want that in any capacity. What I want you to do is find the version of yourself that you've always been searching for. I want you to meet him or her. I want you to embody that person. And I want you to go forward and flourish from that possibility and that divine intervention that has required you to go out forward and share. That's what this is all about. I don't care to have my name on a billboard. I don't care if you ever know my face. What I care is that you get to feel what these 12 men felt and what I got to feel from seeing three years of thinking about something come to fruition. Because where else in your life right now would it change the way that your perception of reality exists? If you could embody in the present day moment what you thought about doing three years ago. And if you can do that, then I can help facilitate that change for you. You'll find out that every day after, you're able to get shit done.